everyone and welcome along to another VCO eSports studio with myself, Ben Cotson-Juris. We are nearly into 70 episodes of this, so if you've uh, missed any of them, make sure you go back through on your favourite podcast or indeed on YouTube where you can also see my face. Uh, we have just finished the VCO Pro Sim series and it's a big congratulations to Maximilian Beneke and Chris Lullum. Uh, for taking victory for Team Redline. And, um, well, we've already interviewed the boss of Team Redline way back uh, at the very start of the eSports studio, Dom Doohan. We've also already interviewed Maximilian Beneke way back, probably nearly a year ago now. So check uh, through the archives on that one. And it was only a couple of weeks ago that we spoke to Chris Lullum. So we were kind of scratching our heads and thinking... Well, we've covered all the bases. We've covered all the very best sim races in the world. But do you know what? We haven't spoken to one of the very best commentators in the sim racing world. And so tonight we introduce VCO's very own Lewis McGlade. Uh, and not just VCO's, actually. We claim you as our own, Lewis, but uh, <laughs> you are a man of many platforms and many talents. I do spread myself. Are you really, uh, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel here by uh, dragging me along? Uh, but no, it's been a it's been a great year and VCA Pro Sim. The last season that's just happened, I did speak a little bit to Florian afterwards, saying that it was a fantastic series. You know, those uh, prototypes racing in the sprint style of racing, which we don't typically see them racing in. It was great from start to finish, but it was completely dominated, wasn't it? It was a bit dominated, which was a big surprise um, with Maximum Beneke, especially after his uh, his kind of tantrum that he ended up having uh, last season. I think maybe the pressure of being partnered with Max Verstappen in such a high profile series in Series 1 and then losing Verstappen about halfway through the season kind of threw him a little bit under the bus. But he had a consistent teammate, a very good teammate in Chris Lullum and uh, ultimately got back to a place where Maximilian Beneke hasn't been for a while, in my my opinion. No, I, uh, I've, I've kind of obviously kept my eye on everything that happens across uh, sim racing, whether it's on iRacing or elsewhere. And Beneke is an interesting one where he's got the, the highest iRating uh, on the service, is, is higher than everyone else. But then the, the question marks come in is, is he the best driver on the service? And it's a bit of a, a contentious topic that uh, is not really the easiest one to answer because I don't think it is a yes or no. It's a, an A or B. It's, there's, there's a bit more fluidity um, to it. And I kind of think that last season there was a bit of the uh, acceptance of there are other drivers out there that are very, very fast indeed. And Beneke is a quality driver, but in that kind of series where you need to be teamed up with someone who is as consistent and is as comfortable not having the driver lineup change every round and question marks as to where things will go this season having chris lullum having a driver who we know is exceptionally fast quite a young talent as well um and and getting faster as time goes on put up with the experience of max Beneke. it was a match made in heaven and uh, it, it was it was brilliant to watch to be perfectly honest i was so glad that we were all kind of in the commentary booth watching over uh one really a terrific, great partnership uh, in sim racing sort of come together. It's uh, alongside the same sort of partnerships that we see from Josh Rogers and Mitchell De Jong when those two partner up. They're always fantastic. Or even from the previous season, Josh Rogers and Ian Chanjivan. You know, what a great lineup they were when they won the championship. Yeah, although not necessarily so strong this season uh, with a couple of issues and changes. Lewis, we're not really here to talk about championships True. that we've spoken on. We're here to talk a bit about you. Um, not only VTO pro uh, VCO sim award winner as commentator last year 
uh, this year voted again and also voted in the photography award. Uh, so I wanted to find out a little bit, a bit more about kind of how you found yourself in in commentary. Where did it all begin for Lewis McLeod? Yeah, uh, back in 2012, actually, uh, I was watching some, you know, I'd started watching Formula One. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fair while. I started watching Formula One. I was thinking, you know, because I'd started watching Formula One a bit later than most. So, yes, it was 2012, my first season. Sorry, lads. Uh, and, and I was like, OK, surely there's like a, a, an esports version of this or something in games. You know, I was playing the F1 games. Uh, and then I came across uh, the YouTube channel of, of someone called uh, Tom uh, Thomas Jacobs, who now works for Codemasters, actually, he's a livery designer over there. Uh, Tom Jake 767 on YouTube and I was watching some of his content and stuff and he was racing in a series called GRC which was touring cars and I thought surely there's got to be some an open wheeled variant of this uh, touring car series you know on on our factor I don't know what this is I have no idea what it's doing and I you know searched around I found Formula Sim Racing and then uh, sent an email over to them and with no commentary experience at all uh, they took me on uh, and I did a, a few rounds of that I moved over to doing some stuff in a league as well called Grand Prix Virtual World Championships, GPVWC. Uh, had a great time commentating. I took a little bit of a break from commentating as I started actually driving in sim racing to uh, not so great success. We'll go with that. Uh, but that was about three or four years ago. I was like, look, I need to come back into the commentary booth. This stuff is starting to explode. And I, I fancy myself a bit of a return, but now with some knowledge as to, to what's actually happened on the racetrack. And uh, ever since, to be honest, I uh, I really do love uh, being in the commentary booth. It's to be honest, it's much easier than driving because you just get to sit there and talk about it. Uh, well, yeah, th those that can't talk uh, or <laughs> yeah. teach, uh, and teaching is a bit of what you do in commentary. Um, what made you think that you could commentate when you first sent that email off uh, to the platform FSR? Did you have any inkling that you could do it, or you just fancied your chances? Uh, I was on the radio a little bit, just briefly. I was in uh, in Canterbury when, when I was in college. I was studying media at the time, um, you know, the media production at, at college. And uh, from that, I was uh, doing a little bit on uh, a, a community radio there for for six or seven months. And I thought, I mean, it's basically the same skill and it's talking. Um, but yeah. it was it was a step. It was it was more so. I was always the the, the color commentator. I was always sat there just on the side, never doing any lead or anything. I was guided a little bit by the likes of Scott Woodwiss, who obviously now does real world commentary and and whatnot, by uh, James Kirk, who now does Rocket League and stuff. And they were the kind of ones that were sort of guiding me through my opening uh, well, to be honest, year or so. I don't know when it clicked as just when you can do it. It's it's just when you've done enough broadcasts and, and then you feel comfortable. I think everyone's pretty pretty average to bad when they start. Of course you are, because it's a skill that's, that's not really, uh, it's not easy to pick up. It takes a little bit of time. And the only way to, to learn it is to do it, is just to get out there, uh, sit on a broadcast and talk rubbish for two hours and see where things go. And, you know, uh, after a, a fair time, it, it just eventually clicks. And so you did your racing and you discovered you weren't very good at it, uh, like yeah. so many of us do. Uh, came back to commentary. But what interests me about kind of your uh, career, let's say, is that you are you don't dedicate yourself to one platform. You you spread your wings. And as far as I'm aware, you kind of commentate across all of the online platforms that really exist. I'm trying to think of one that I haven't commentated on. I've obviously, uh, <laughs> most, most recently, it's been R Factor 2, uh, of course, uh, Set of Course of Competizione, and then, of course, iRacing. Uh, I've done plenty on Race Room as well when the, the recent past, which has always been uh, good fun. I've not ever done a broadcast on Automobilista, which, despite it actually being my favorite sim, I love Automobilista. It's fantastic. I've uh, never done a broadcast <laughs> on it, but it all started with, with R Factor. It was only in 
like the the more uh, to be honest it was last year when i was like i really do need to get out there on some other simulator because i was just on r factor and then doing the odd bit on race room whereas then you know last year especially after winning the uh the, the simi award i was like i need to get on a set of courses competition and i need to get on the i racing i need to spread myself because especially as things are unfolding uh over the to be honest the years to come uh, the sim racing community is coming together more and more we're, we're we're becoming one and it means that we're seeing the drivers and stuff move from each simulator to each simulator and it means that the commentators as well kind of to understand the full picture we all kind of need to spread ourselves out and see what's actually happening because it's no use just being on uh, one platform and then going oh who's this josh rogers guy never heard of him he yeah. must be rubbish he's doing yeah. really good for a new guy <laughs> it's so true and i think there is a little bit of that that still uh, exists out there certainly um on certain sort of platforms you do have those dedicated people that would never touch any other platform uh, and then you have uh, the commentators the drivers that uh, are happy to to spread their wings a bit what was the what was the driving force behind spreading your wings what was the the ultimately the, the reason for it I just wanted to make sure that I was, you know, riding this this kind of wave of sim rakes and growing. I want to be, uh, you know, same as all of us. You know, we, we all kind of want to be towards the head of it. Uh, but to be perfectly honest, and I know because he's in our ear at the moment, but one Mr. Mike Yao, uh, who uh, is part of the the same team, the same contingent uh, that I'm from as a driver, but you know, I don't really drive very much, uh, has always been a bit of a, a, a driving force kind of pushing me, being like, come on, you need to come over into a set of course. Come on, you need to go and do this. And then... Uh, once sort of one thing happens, the next thing clicks. And now it's sort of, oh, there's something that I've not commentated on. I've never commentated on Forza or Gran Turismo. And I was like, I need to, to just give it a go and see what it's like to, uh, again, learn different disciplines. And so now it's not just the simulators, it's learning different disciplines of racing from a commentary perspective, uh, like oval racing. I did my first oval race as a commentator uh, last year, at the end of last year, and then some, some rally cross as well, because it's learning i think you know it's the same thing i've said as well with drivers and stuff is the drivers kind of you should always try different cars and different styles of racing to increase your race craft and stuff and for me i kind of want to be uh in the same from a commentary perspective i want to try everything from a commentary perspective so that i can learn more that then colors in the picture of a sort of overall and i think you're correct that there are different ways of commentating certainly whether it be an endurance race or a sprint whether it be an oval or a rallycross event every single uh, discipline does have a different way of approaching it and and there are ways and uh, we could go for hours on 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 that but i know that there'll be lots of people who'll be listening and watching to this uh, looking to you for advice and and uh, and understanding how how it goes how it works basically so if you are wanting to do you've identified something that you want to commentate on uh, are you actively looking around, trying to search out those new possibilities, or are you finding now that those possibilities come to you and you don't have to do do the hunting and the searching and the, and the begging and the emails? I mean, I still think for the most part, it's it, a, a lot of it. If you wait for it to come to you, it probably won't come to you. You've got to go out there and hunt for it a little bit. You know, even if it's just a, an email or a quick message, I mean, it doesn't take uh, you know two seconds to open up a Discord message and just uh, throw a message over to someone and be like, hey. I see you're taking part in this series. Who should I contact about? I'd kind of like to commentate on that. I kind of like to get in on that. Who do I message? And that's kind of what it is, really. It's it's nothing too major. You know, I'm not having to uh, to write out a three thousand word essay. It's uh, and to be honest, you don't need to. No one needs to. You just need to get out there and just throw a couple of messages around and be like, 
right, okay, I'm looking for a touring car series to race. And what touring car series are there? Who's looking for a commentator? And just throw some messages out there. Because even if, uh, I've come across this so many times where I've messaged someone being like, is there any room in there for for me to jump in and and have a bit of fun on commentary? And they'll go, do you know what? We're, We're full on this one. But there is this other series as well that we run in partnership. Would you like to go and commentate on them? And, and it's kind of, you know, one thing leads to another. I've had that with uh, SimGrid fairly recently, who uh, kind of opened the door to get into the SRO esports um, stuff. I, w- I wouldn't be on any of those broadcasts if it wasn't for, for commentating on SimGrid. And then I wouldn't have found, uh, to be honest, I wouldn't have commentated on the SimGrid, which, by the way, the VCA World Cup, the SimGrid VCA World Cup that we just uh, wrapped up a few months ago was absolutely fantastic from start to finish. And I enjoyed that as, as much as anything else. So it's it's kind of, you just need to, to get out of there and give everything a go. I want to talk to you about um, how easy each different platform is to commentate because there's one yeah. uh, kind of surprise for me in, in the back end world of commentary when it comes to sim racing. I think I have now done, as, as you have, all the different platforms. Um, and what do you find the easiest platform to commentate on? I'm interested to see if this is the same as me. Oh, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what yours would be. Mine is is pretty simple. It's where I've I've made most of my home. It's R Factor Two. I think it's the easiest okay. one to commentate on, just with how the over like uh, the overlay just clicks for me. I look at it and I'm like, right, boom! I know what I'm looking at. Um, other ones I can struggle with a little bit. That's what yours See, is. I like Race Room because Ooh, Race Room's you handy. have. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing system where you've got the colors of the car, you've got the cars themselves, you've got gaps to the next driver, your gaps to the leader. Uh, and it's kind of very visual uh, in a way that most of the other timing screens that and timing screen is so important in commentary if you're if you're listening and and haven't done any commentary reading a timing screen is the most important thing and it's one thing that for the moment ACC is still appalling at Um, and you know uh, there are different ways of presenting iRacing because it's been there for so long there are different mods behind it but uh, for me race rooms kind of colourful a uh, very different way of reading a timing screen quite uh, quite makes it easy to understand what's going on. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, to, to speak of that, there is actually one thing that Ration does better than... Uh, I, I, I've not come across another platform that's done it. Well, you've got a lifetime, but there's also a, a, a way in it that you can almost have like a spotter's guide as well. Like you can have it so it shows yeah. the cars that you're you're looking at, which is so helpful when you're kind of like, oh, this green car, who was that? And then you kind of go, there must be in seventh place. So where is that on the... T-? Right, boom rather than going, who must be in that car? Let me work out the names and stuff. And I know it sounds like uh, you know we're just sort of saying, being like, well, it should be a lot easier. But the easier it is for us, the easier it is for us to convey uh, that to the audience. And I've, I've struggled with, uh, you know, with, a, with a few sims and, and stuff, you know, especially going off of things like the timing towers. Um, you know, it, it can mm. be uh, immensely complicated when you're staring at it and you're seeing a three-wide uh, bit going into uh, a corner and you're sat there thinking, I've got no idea who this is. And you're trying to work out on the fly who it is, who's actually overtaking who, why it's three wide, what corner you're even in, and then where they are on the timing sheets, which I don't think so many people understand how difficult that is to do in such a a short period, unless you've actually tried uh, doing it on commentary. Because we all know that it's so easy to get tripped up uh, just over the, the, the small things especially when uh, i don't know how many times you've had this ben but where you've got uh two drivers or two different battles uh but there's the same team in each battle so you've got one team uh 
uh, with two different drivers like in, in each battle. And it's just, I have no idea who I'm, what, which battle this is. This could be for sixth, it could be for 13th. I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah. And then that's where the general the generalizations come in, like the yeah. there's the VRS car or there's the Red Bull <laughs> yeah. car, just because you actually don't want to commit to something that perhaps is is wrong. And and it's something that I've really struggled with when coming into sim racing from from real world, because one of the first things that I do, whether it be a new championship um, or, or just a singular race that I'm visiting, I normally do the Spa 24 hours, but I don't do the rest of the championship. So first thing to do, walk around the paddock, walk around the pit lane get a vision of every single car out there, try and get some visual cues as to who's in the car, uh, what that car is, what team that is. If it's, is it the same team as, or is it a sponsored team that's kind of, you know, FF Corsa, for instance, run lots of cars, but they don't call themselves FF Corsa across 13 cars. They have different names. So you try and establish all that information when you're walking around a paddock. You can't do that in sim racing. You, literally, the first time you see half the cars, and you and I know this from the VTO Pro Sim, is when they're racing in front of you and there's 40 of them. Yeah, we don't really get uh, spotters guides so much. I mean, the whole team dynamic that you're saying there, I mean, uh, we've, we've been over this quite a few times with how complicated it is in sim racing with some teams and sponsors. And it's always the one that I kind of fall back to. I know uh, Arduino does as well about the, uh, the Marla team is that sometimes they're a Williams team, sometimes they're a BS competition yeah. team. And it's like, you don't really know who their sister team is. It's kind of like, you've got to kind of back off with, uh, with joining them. Knowing who's actually under what brand uh, is, is immensely complicated in sim racing. And <laughs> it's where it, it's down to us to kind of pick the pieces, which is honestly, when things change in sim racing so quickly uh, with teams and lineups and stuff, Often I've looked at a broadcast, I've jumped onto it and been like, I have no idea who's driving for who. I'm just like, yep, there's some names and there's some cars. Cool. Uh, Lewis, is this your full-time job now? Have you managed to make this a career and a job? Uh, partially. I mean, I still, I still work, uh, for, for those of you that don't know, I still work in a restaurant. Uh, I don't work there very much. I only go in once a week. I'm very lazy. The poor, poor guys. Uh, I, I, I more work there as a sort of an excuse to sort of get out into the into the world and actually talk to people. Otherwise, I just sit in here all day because um, I'm lazy. But for the most part, yes, I, I do this as this is this is my priority. This is my job. Uh, I do enough of it to, to pay the bills. Um, it's just you know spreading myself out a lot. It's, it's good fun, though. Why not work in a pub rather than go to a pub? Uh, at least by yeah. working in a pub, you don't have to spend all the money. Um, yeah, I, get, I get free food all the time. It's great. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You don't have to spend any money on the evening either. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So that that means being full time. Then uh, you also have potentially the ability to to branch out uh, into the real world. Is that something that you would be? uh interested in is that part of the game plan or are you really just a want to be the best sim commentator that there is it's kind of it's not an easy one that i've kind of thought about it a lot um obviously the old i think the goal for for most of us in in sim racing and commentary is that we always want to to jump over at some point to commentate on real world stuff that's always going to be the goal and it is uh, most certainly the goal for me at some point is to be commentating on a real world championship and you know obviously uh, jumping in and enjoying that as as you see fit but finding the right opportunities there is is not necessarily easy and also it's a a big jump out of a, a comfort zone which unfortunately i think for most of us we kind of find ourselves uh sat in our comfort zones a lot in the sim racing community it's why a lot of people didn't jump out of the simulator they were on for for so long uh for me 
I feel eventually I will make that jump, hopefully, at some point. If someone would take me on, well, that is the, the big one on that, the, the massive <laughs> caveat. Um, but I, as sim racing is growing in the way that it is, I am fairly content with, with where I am and, and where things are growing in sim racing and, and you know what the future uh, lies. Just one day, if, uh, if someone could, uh, could throw me a message, go on. <laughs> There's a tip for all you guys out there. Um, what about photography? We've spoken <laughs> about commentary, but I completely wanted to talk to you about the, the, the very unique skill of, of photography within Sims. Yes, yeah, uh, certainly not easy. It's one thing that changes. Uh, I mean, we say that commentary and stuff changes simulated to simulated, dependent on timing towers and stuff. Uh, photography is one thing which you have to be able to adapt to quickly on simulators. It's actually one of the one of the first things that I did. Uh, in sim racing, I did you know commentary driving and and photography, uh, and I got taught by uh, by a man who's no longer in sim racing uh, anymore, uh, a man named Jesper Tolborg, uh, who won a whole heap of championships. But uh, you know, fantastic driver. But one of the best things that he had in his uh, in his skill set was being a photographer. And uh, one day we were talking, and he was like, "Oh, you should do it like this and do it like that." He then sent me one of his uh, Photoshop documents with. Uh, how he edits his photographs and from that point on i was like i, I kind of want to use this skill i kind of want to learn it's not an easy skill you can fall back on the the standard for example using iRace. you can fall back on the standard motion blur that iRacing uses and uh, sit back and go yeah that's an all right looking photograph but it's when you want to make something that's better than that when you want to uh, really go in it and touch it up and sometimes you know it can take 20 30 minutes sometimes even up to an hour i've spent an hour on uh, some photographs where you've got to cut out the car, you've got to make everything look good. Sometimes you're even adding in shadows here and there. You're adjusting the colors, adjusting the lighting and all this. It's very, very difficult, but it is rewarding when you can sit back and think, oh, that game looks good. Oh, no, that's me. That's, that's very egotistical, <laughs> of course. I do apologize. But there are plenty of great photographers out there. I mean, uh, of course, uh, improv design. Uh, taught me quite a bit uh, recently when we were doing some photographs on DNLS. The speed that these people put photographs out, by the way, is ridiculous. It takes me about, like, say, half an hour to an hour. They'll do it in two minutes. And I think that's actually something that is relatable in the real world as well, that, you know, you are able to take okay photos as a common man like myself. To take great photos is difficult, and then to take great photos quickly so they can be used in this social media world where you need one right now. That's really where the ultimate skill is. And well, that's where you suddenly end up with the only the creme de la creme that can really perform under that kind of pressure. Yeah, it's knowing um, the, the adjustments that you can make to a photograph uh, quickly. You know, there are you could if you wanted to, if you really wanted to, you could take a a bunch load of photographs and you could cut out every car and blur every background and make everything look fantastic and that will take you uh, potentially the rest of your life because it's uh, a long time commitment whereas uh, you know the, particularly the very very best uh, when it comes to uh, editing photographs which i do not really uh, apply myself to i take way too long uh, but these guys that do it in two three four minutes constantly editing photographs all the time they know what they need to edit and what doesn't need to be edited like say for example the motion blur that i was saying before in the background if it's there you can then take that and you can just add some color corrections and blur some little bits and then rather than it taking uh 20 minutes you've created essentially the same photograph in a tenth of the time and these these people that are the very best they know how to do that uh, very very quickly i've not mastered that i still i like to take my time you know put on some music and sit there and edit away uh, to my heart's content but 
I mean, some of the photographs that I've seen in sim, sim racing, especially in the last, I'd say, 18 months, the, the level of photography has just absolutely shot up uh, in sim racing. It's, it's kind of all over the place. It's almost as if everyone and their dog can edit brilliant photographs these days on a very consistent basis. Yeah, it, uh, technology has made it easier, though. That's, uh, I think that's the case with everything, isn't it? Uh, suddenly the skills less and less taken out of it because of the technology is there. Um, so uh, between commentary and photograph trips to the restaurant, uh, do you have any time still to, to go racing? And, and what do you do when you're just trying to chill out and enjoy a, a good race? Uh, I mean, I, I still race a little bit and mostly it's in touring car stuff for, for one major reason. It's easy to pick up and get on with it. Uh, I, you know, I've recently been racing in, uh, in the Virtual Motorsports Online Touring Car UK Championship where uh, we did win the team's championship and the drivers, not me driving, though, not, as in not me winning the drivers. That was my teammate, Dan Kell. Uh, good on him. Uh, I, I race in something called the Mushroom Trophy, which uh, always sounds ridiculous to say. Uh, but it's a classic super touring series on Automobilista, which is always good fun. That's the style of race that I like doing. It's just something super casual. You just turn on, you just come into the race and you just enjoy it. Uh, I don't have the time to put in the 3,000 laps of practice, which it requires to get up to uh, up to speed. And I, I've been there before where I had that kind of time. I don't have the mentality to uh, to do that time and time again. It's it's one thing that I do respect the sim drivers uh, a lot for when they put in that much effort. I, I couldn't do it. Uh, been there, tried that, did not want the T-shirt, sold it on eBay. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I think we all feel the same after lockdown kind of forced it upon us and suddenly we're like, oh, we could do it. But then real world came <laughs> back and went, mm, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it's okay to be outside a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, when it comes to like uh, outside stuff, I think quite a few people know this. I, I go out and ride my bike. Uh, every time that I want to get away from sim racing, I'm just like, right, bike outside a couple of hours, just get away from the computer, get away from everything, get away from, uh, to be honest, any responsibilities. Just yeah, put some music in and just uh, ride for a couple of hours. This um, Is this sadicist mountain biking or is this uh, uh, Geraint Thomas Tour de France road biking? Yeah, road bikes, road bikes. Love myself some road bikes. I do have a gravel bike. Uh, I just never go off-road because uh, I, I tried once and I got a load of punctures and was like, nah, I can't, oh, no, 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 I'm good. I'll stick to the road, thanks. Awesome. Uh, Lewis, thank you very much for taking uh, your time to chat with us. As always, great to chat with you uh, and hear a little bit about your story. Thank you. Well, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure to to jump in. Finally, you've got around to me. You've, you've, you've sort of bitten that bullet off. <laughs> Coming down this low. Uh, hopefully, whoever follows up is uh, is a rise back up to normal form. But uh, been great fun, nice chat. Absolutely, and good luck, of course, in the VCO Simi Awards. Uh, the results of which will be at the end of uh, the month, so December. Uh, we're not quite in December yet, but anyway, they'll be in about a month's time, uh, where we'll have our uh, awards show. And Lewis is uh, up for best commentator and also best photographer uh, after winning last year let's see if he can win it again uh thank you very much uh, for joining us on this uh, esports studio and until next time enjoy your sim racing bye-bye